Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands-on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. So welcome, everyone. I am here today with a new guest to the podcast. Her name is Sarah Walton. Um, Sarah, I think you and I actually have some um, friends in common. (laughs) And that was sort of how we got here, got connected. We're going to be talking about sharing your your passion, sharing your mission, sharing your purpose with more people today. But before we dive into that, I just want to give you some space and time to share a bit more about who you are and what you do. Oh, yeah, that's so kind. Well, first of all, I'm so excited to be here. I love the live stream. It's so much fun um, and so great to be on the podcast. Um, and yeah, I just love meeting more amazing women. So thank you. I'll just start there. Um, but I am an intuitive business coach and a sales expert. And can I tell you, it took me 300 years to say the word sales without vomiting. So mm-hmm. I say that very carefully. I understand. I know it freaks everybody out, right? Um, and everybody's like, is she going to sell? I'm like, I'm not going to sell. You're going to be fine. I promise. Um, but um, my story starts really when I was very young. I was very, very poor, like really, really poor. And um, I was watching a dance on TV. TV. I think it was like the nutcracker or something. And I pointed at the TV and I said, mama, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was, we were, because we were so poor, it's not like I had lessons or a lot of things I could do, but I was able to sign, like to sign up, to try out for the high school dance team. And I was so excited and you're really young. So you don't remember this, but there was a time where like Janet Jackson was throwing chairs and Paula Abdul's dancing everywhere. Right. And we were uh, like, oh, oh my God. I'm going to be 42 in July. Paula Abdul and Janet Jackson were my idols. Right? Best dancers ever, right? The best. Yes. And I mean, I just spent hours and hours in my basement just copying them, trying to do it. And, you know, we didn't have videos on phone. So it took a while for me to really understand how to do this, right? You had Uh, to actually press pause on the VCR back then. Yeah. Um, but I did make the team and I was so excited, except, um, then came the day where the letter came in the mail about the dance jacket and the dance costumes and the shoes and how much this was going to cost. And I don't know, Danielle, if you've ever had one of these moments where you like, feel like you have an out of body experience and you like watch yourself go through something. And that's sort of how this felt. Like I'm reading this letter and I'm watching this dream I've had since I was five, right. Just disappear. I'm like, there's no way we can't afford this. Um, and so what I did is I, I got a job at the mall, just use your stranger things hats people, but I got a job at the mall and, um, I like worked at one of those carts selling crap. Nobody needed, but it was really fun. And, um, I met a lot of great people, but I got my first paycheck and I was super excited. And so I went to the grocery store with my mom to get my check cash. Cause I didn't have my own bank account. And as we're walking in, it's my mom and my younger half brother. It was the three of us living in the house. That was it. And she says, Sarah, the strawberries are on sale. Can we get some? And I'm thinking of my paycheck and I'm thinking of my, the deposit on my costumes. I'm thinking of the strawberries and I'm like, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. So she takes my younger brother to go get the strawberries. I go get my, my check cashed and I have the money in my hand and I'm looking for my mom and my younger brother in the express checkout to buy the strawberries and they're not there. And I'm like, what? And I'm running back. Finally, I see them in line and my mom's got a cart full of groceries and I know she can't pay for them. And I'm standing there with that money in my hand. And I'm like, I can pay for something I've wanted since I was five, mm-hmm. or I can buy my family's groceries, but I can't do both. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm standing there looking at the cart and it's like, you know, lunch meat for my brother's lunches and his favorite breakfast cereal and milk. I mean, it was nothing crazy. The strawberries were there, right? Like it wasn't anything crazy, but I had a choice, my family or my dreams. And that was it. And I was 16 years old. And I realized when I was in my corporate job, I was making a boatload of money. I had the gorgeous glass office. I had a FICA tree in my office. It was very fancy. I had an amazing group of people and I was freaking miserable. And there was one day where my daughter called and said, mommy, I miss you. And I, I was like, that's I'm out. I cannot continue to give my life up like this. And there I was taking care of my family, but I wasn't taking care of myself because my 16 year old self had decided that wasn't possible. And I was living that out. And when I decided to leave that day and start this business, it was really about watching my own career and watching how the higher up I got, the fewer women there were. And I'm sitting there in these meetings and I'm like, this is not proprietary information. This is not rocket science. This is like maybe fourth grade math. Like what is happening in here that there are not more women here. And I really started to study the psychology of women and how we interact with business and and the way society works really hard to keep money out of the hands of women. And people can argue with me on that, but there's a lot of stats behind that, including women couldn't have their own credit card until 1975. And we couldn't own a house without a man's signature until 1976. It's not that long ago. And so we've got a lot of work to do as our comfort level increases with actually mm-hmm. being who we are. And, and so in thinking back in that grocery store moment for me, I've really turned my life's mission into understanding and and aiming for any woman who can hear my voice or gets to talk to me or watches the YouTube channel, whatever, that they're never in the position my mother was that day. And they're never in the position I was in that day. And that both matter, that we have every right and we deserve to understand the tools and skills we need to be able to take care of ourselves and our families. And that that is absolutely possible. Well, I had no idea we were going to go here, but I'm like wowed by um, your story and I can really relate to it. I grew up, um, you know, taking dance lessons and, and also just kind of reflecting on like, oh, actually I have the ability to do that. Even though I felt like we grew up in a very scarce um, household, right? There were times that although I was able to go to dance class, we didn't have electric or we didn't have a phone mm. <laughs> we didn't have a phone line, you know? And mm. I, I was so um, embarrassed about those kinds of scenarios that I would make up stories to my friends about why they couldn't call me for so long, like weeks or months at a time, because like, I didn't want to tell them we just can't afford to have a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really uh, thankful for you to share that story because Right now, especially as we're heading into a recession, one of the things that I've been doing, helping women with, particularly over the last six years or so, is making more money without having to work so freaking hard for it. Right. And most of the people listening to our podcast work with, they work in service based professions. They see one client at a time and they do have to like fill their schedule to earn a good living until they come to a point where they're ready to transition into something, a different way of, of doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as we talk about earning more money, as we talk about making a a good living without it, having to mean that you have to work really hard for it. And now heading into a recession where like we have a choice to make about our, our futures and what that's Mm -hmm. going to look like. Um, 
underlying theme amongst all of this is, can you receive money? Are you okay with, are you okay with actually having it? Can you allow yourself to have it? Um, And that's, you know, that's a very deep rabbit hole to go down. (laughs) Um, But it's very, it's very relevant for everyone right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, is it okay if I share my perspective of money and what I oh, think yeah. it is? Because yeah. it's yeah. so, people are like, what now? Every time I share this, they're like, are you, what? Um, okay, so told you guys, I, I moved to, I moved to New York. I left Sandy, Utah, which is where I was raised, um, where the grocery store story took place. Um, and I, I moved out to New York city. And one of the jobs I had at a startup, when I learned a lot about business and understanding it was with Marianne Williamson. And I don't know, you guys may or may not know who she is. She ran for president in 2016. I think I'm um, just kind of like a spiritual leader. She's on a, she used to give talks around churches all over the nation, even though she she's non-denominational, but, um, She's an expert in something called the Course in Miracles. I am not an expert in the Course in Miracles. I'm not going to pretend I am. I've never read it. I, I have to be super honest about that. But I was with her in the recording studio a lot. And I heard her talk about this idea um, that there's really only two emotions. There's love and there's fear. And that's it. Everything else comes up from those bases. And, and I think we can sort of get that. Like you kind of look around, you see when someone's super angry, they're usually really scared about something. They're scared something's been violated or they're going to be hurt and they freak out and get really angry. And we can see the other with joy, bliss, happiness. I mean, that all comes from a, a source of, of a loving feeling. Um, and I was really blown away by her idea that love's job is to bring up fear. That's its job. So like, it's to make you feel, feel the fear so that you can deal with it and heal it. And then it transforms back into love. And the first couple of times I heard that, I was like, that's really weird. And then I kind of let it sink in. And I was like, well, I just kind of cool. Like, oh my God, that's an amazing philosophy. How interesting. Um, And then I was giving a talk on money. I was in the Poconos and I was practicing the talk and you guys are all going to think I'm crazy now, but I swear to God, I heard a voice. It wasn't my voice. It was like this thing. And I was like, who's like, what? I'm sure it was my own brain, but whatever it was, uh, money is love. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I'm never saying that again. Right. I was like, are you kidding me? Right. I'm not saying that out loud, but I kept hearing like money is love. And I'm like, what the frick? And then I recognize it's not that money is love, but that it has that same love, like energy and that it will bring up everything you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. And until you heal what you're afraid of, you'll be afraid of earning money. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. So I talk about money as a source of love. It has that same love like energy. And as we go out into the world to share what we're here to do, when we go out to help people, when we go out to talk about transforming people's lives, if we haven't healed what we need to heal, we're not going to make any money at it. And it gets really hard and it gets really arduous. And all of a sudden we're like, nobody knows who I am. And this is stupid. And who do I think I am? And I'm such a broad and all that stuff that is just absolute garbage that tends to come up because we're not dealing with the actual underlying cause, which is we're afraid that um, if we make money, it means we're bad mm-hmm. that um, or evil. Even some people go all that way or that, um, you know, the rich person on your block was a jerk. And so if you make money, you must be a jerk, right? All those things that we have under there. And another huge one for women is if I'm truly successful, I'll be a burden to the people who love me. Um, and that is such a, um, a tough one for us to deal with. And we can talk more about that if you want, but this idea that in order to receive money, you actually have to grow yourself. 
And that has nothing to do with money. <laughs> it does because you can earn more, but what there is for us to heal um, all of the unspoken family rules that we have, like don't make more money than dad, rich people are jerks, all those, those unspoken family rules that we have to deal with until those are dealt with, you won't make money. For anyone that's new to this conversation, I think um, it can feel very like uh, um, esoteric maybe, or like, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. But like, just tell me how to make more money. Right. Um, But if you have an operating system that um, determines how the program functions or like what the program does, right. Then the program continues to go on the way that it does based on the operating system. And for many of us, our operating system is um, built with all of these things that you're talking about, all these limiting beliefs or whatever label you want to put on them, right? Just codes essentially in the operating system that say, this is not okay. You can't do that. This isn't available for you. Uh, You can't have that much. Who are you? You're not deserving all of it. Yeah. And until the operating system starts to be recoded, the program doesn't change. Great way <laughs> to put can, it. You can fight really hard to get the results that you want to get, but the operating system still has the codes in it that are not working to get the results that you want. So you have to you have to be open to this conversation because, mm-hmm. uh, or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but but when you can open to this conversation and start to recode the operating system, the results come to you more easily. Yeah. Which then allows us to stop over-functioning in order to get more of what we want, right? So that was yep. something that you and I had chatted briefly about was the over-functioning that women um, find themselves doing that I think in most cases, they're not even aware that they're over-functioning. They're just mm-hmm. like, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's right. Yeah. And it works really well for everyone else too. Right. <laughs> it looks really well for everybody when we're over-functioning. Yeah. yeah so much. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it makes it easier for everyone else. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So um, one of the things that I wanted to touch on with you was, um, well, we had talked about, you know, sales, but not specifically talking about sales mm-hmm. <laughs> because we know that, and I'll tell you this now that you, now that you're here listening to this episode, we know that if we put the title of marketing or sales in the podcast episode, that you're not going to listen to it, but there are also skill sets that you need to have in order to be successful as a business owner. Mm-hmm. So now that we've tricked you into listening <laughs> into listening to this episode, um, I, I do want to explore the topic of, um, of sales with you and really how can we look at, how can we look at the functions of marketing and sales differently so that we don't feel so gross Mm. about the activities that are really required to help us reach our optimal potential Mm -hmm. and help us really share our, our purpose and our mission with more people. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to do is you guys, can we just all agree? Can we reclaim the word sales? 
Like, I I just don't let any, I call it entrepreneur porn, which is probably not nice of me to call it that, but you know, it's the same thing. You know it when you see it, right? Like, thank you, Supreme Court for that. But it's like this idea, like you're scrolling on your news feed, you do, oh, Susie had a baby, whatever. Oh, this person makes a million dollars while they sleep. No, they don't. Okay. That's total crap. It's all BS, right? It's all disgusting sales tactics, right? And that has like, I'm going to use the word bastardized, but it has this bastardized, this amazing skill that we all need to have. And that quite frankly, I think we deserve to have. And all the yeah. skill is, is, Hey, I can help you. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's like how many times, if you actually think about it, women are so fantastic at sales because we tell people we can help them all day. Oh, I need to plan a surprise party. Oh my God. What can I do to help? I do. Oh my God. What can I do to help? And then all of a sudden, because we haven't healed our relationship to money, right. When it comes into like, Oh, I can get paid for that. We freak out. Mm-hmm. And we're like, that's gross. And I'm like, but why? Like what just happened there? And that's why it can sound like healing your relationship to money is some frou-frou thing. Like, yes, Sarah, go meditate on a mountain. That's nice. Like it sounds like that. Right. And I totally get that. But what you want to understand is that's the missing piece between how you show up in the world for everyone you love. Oh my gosh, I can help. I can help. I can help. I can help. And then it goes to your business where you can absolutely blow someone's mind or transform their entire lives or end up saving them hundreds of thousands of dollars because they don't make other stupid mistakes, right? You can help prevent all that and add to someone's life like that. And you don't say anything Mm -hmm. and you don't say anything because you're scared because money's attached. And that's why it goes back to healing your relationship to money is a very practical, tactical thing that every single, specifically women in today's society should absolutely jump into and participate because the only person who gets served with that is you over and over and over. And then the icing on that cake is also everybody else you can help gets the help they need too. It is such a win-win to dive into this conversation and figure out what you need to heal. And it is practical and it is tactical. And it's like learning math. It's like learning anything else is to learn the skill of understanding your own emotions. When you start talking about money and when you say, I can help, this is the fee without freaking out. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll add to that, that I often see women specifically, but even other types of other, what am I saying? People of other genders who are also health and wellness practitioners undercharging or sometimes delivering the service and then not asking for the fee for the service, right? Like I've shared this story recently in the podcast, but it's, it bears repeating. When I started my first practice, I knew pretty quickly on, I needed to have some help in the office. I was getting to the point where like managing it all on my own was too chaotic and stressful. So I hired my sister to be my office manager because I trusted her. And um, ultimately she did a great job. But in the first couple of weeks, I would notice that patients would leave without paying their copay. And um, I asked her, why, like, why, are, why did so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so not pay their copay? And she was like, oh, I just feel really bad about taking it from them. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. I never anticipated that that would be an issue for you. So let's talk more about that. And it was essentially like, she didn't see the exchange happening. You know, when I was in the room providing care for someone, she's at the front desk 
And so they would come in and they would leave. And she felt like weird about asking them for money for something that she didn't understand really, but she had worked in retail and she had sold shoes in a children's shoe store. So you can imagine kids grow out of their shoes pretty quickly because they grow fast. Right. And she sold really expensive shoes. They were not, they weren't old Navy flip-flops. Right. Okay. <laughs> Air Jordans for a two-year-old. They're going to grow out of those shoes really fast. And I said, did you ever feel bad about charging 60, 70, 80, $90 for a pair of shoes that a two-year-old was going to wear for maybe a few months at best? And she laughed at me and she was like, no. And I said, so why would you feel bad about taking money from someone who has is coming here to have help receive help with their health and their wellness. And, you know, sometimes like we're helping them get back to work or being able to take care of their kids. And she mm-hmm. never thought of it that way. So then she felt okay with taking their money from that point forward, but it was just, you know, um, a moment of being able to shine a light on the perspective that was holding her back. But I see that happen very often mm-hmm. that, not only do we not say that we can help, but then we might say we can help, but then the person comes in for the help and then we don't even ask them for the fees that they should be paying and they, and they just literally leave. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And part of that is, um, and again, this is why I focus so much on women, you guys, please, and please know I love men. Like that's not the issue. It's that we are, we, um, are introduced to the world of money <laughs> with a whole slew of stuff. that comes with it. Right. And that's the issue is it gets tied up in other things for us and it becomes moral somehow. I think you guys probably, all of you health wellness people, you probably see this around food a lot, right? Oh, I can't eat that. That's bad. I'm like, no, it's just food. Mm -hmm. Like there's, it's like, there might be consequences with it, or, but if you eat it once in a while, you're going to be fine. Right. There's no bad food. We're lucky to have food, but when it comes to taking money in exchange for helping women, aren't supposed to do that. And that's where the high functioning comes in. And I talk a lot about how women are supposed to do the invisible work that makes life work, right? And as soon as I say invisible work, people go, oh my gosh, yes. There's so much every single person listening does on a daily basis that maybe people don't even notice. But if it doesn't get done, you're like, what? It's kind of like when your internet goes down, your world falls apart, but you just expect it to be there all the time, right? But when it's not there, it's a problem, right? A lot of the work that women end up doing in society, in our households, in our day-to-day lives is like that. And so that works really well for everybody. And so when we now say, actually, I'd like to get paid for that work, (laughs) they're like, what? And we feel bad. And so it's a really, it's kind of like a double mindset shift that we need to work on, right? It's also like explaining that, no, of course I get paid for that. And I have, I'll I'll work with clients sometimes. I have this beautiful woman who's just an extraordinary psychologist, right? She's just amazing. And um, she does a lot of classes or things. And she's like, I just feel so bad charging, right? I go, yeah, just like heart surgeons. She's like, what? I'm like heart surgeons. If if the heart surgeon doesn't go in, the person's going to die. Right. She's like, yeah. I go, people don't get your help. They're going to die. And she was like, oh my gosh. Right. But because it was psychology, right. And talking about like how people are feeling and what's going on in their brains, she should do that for free because it helps people. And I'm like, Oh, this heart gosh, surgery. Can you say that again? Yes. That so often it's such a huge thing in, in health and wellness practitioners that, um, yeah. Like we should somehow be able to do what we do for free because right. oftentimes it's just our manual labor that we're giving 
it doesn't actually cost us anything financially, but there's the physical wear and tear on our bodies, the emotional and energetic and spiritual and yeah. uh, mental load that we carry for our clients and our patients. I mean, yeah. I could go on and on about that. <laughs> yeah. And it is interesting, right? It's like, oh, but I should do that for free because it helps people. Yeah. And I want you guys, I hope everybody listening always hears the little Sarah Walton on her shoulder going, right. Just like the heart surgeon, mm-hmm. they should do what they're doing for free. Right. It helps people. But if we took that same perspective and like flipped it around, so sure. is it more okay to earn money for things that don't help people? Yeah, of course it is. If it, if you invented it. So here's my feeling on that. Okay. And this is so interesting. So everybody just take a little breath right now and look at the, look around you right now. If you're in the car, please be careful. Right. Okay. But you look around you right now. And I want you to notice, like, I don't know, for those of you that can see me, there's a painting behind me. There's books, there's flowers, right. And behind Danielle, there's this really cool. Like, um, is that a pink salt lamp? It looks so cool. This cool stuff, the clothes we're wearing, right. My freaking AirPods, right. The, the microphone, whatever. So if you look around for a minute and just look at every single thing that you can see, that was once an idea somebody had. Mm-hmm. That's it. It was nice. Someone sitting around going, hey, I got an idea. Let's do a really funky painting. And then maybe Sarah Walton will match books to it. Okay, great. Whatever. And then they create it and then we pay for it. And we have a lot. um, We have a lot of, I'm not saying this correctly. We don't have as much baggage. That's what I want to say. We don't have as much baggage around things that we can physically see, right? If I pay you for a book, if I pay you for flowers, we have a lot less junk around that because we can see the exchange, right? Here's my money. Here's the thing I get. Right. And so that's easier for us. We seem to be better on that, but does that painting quote unquote help me? It's nice, right? It's not going to change my life, which I would argue everybody listening, the work you do changes people's lives. <laughs> it's kind of significant. Yeah. But we don't have that thing around a painting. We don't have it around those tangible items. So of course you should make money if what you are selling or what you're offering to the world is a combination of, this is my trifecta, if it's a combination of your talents, your experience, and your expertise, those were given to you. And I absolutely believe that. And that's why, you know, we'll see somebody who like decides to create a cause or a nonprofit because something horrible happened to them, right? Somebody wasn't diagnosed with cancer in time or somebody's child was hurt or, um, I mean, pick a cause. We know those things, right? When someone's gone through the experience and they start a movement or they offer something to the world, there's so much more power behind that, right? We listen in a different way. We watch in a different way. We consume what they say in a different way. And it's the same for us. If you've been through something, school had your own experiences, you've healed something that you've gone through and you have this incredible talent, you have the best bedside manner, or you're really great at explaining things so people can understand it. Like if you've been given that package that's your package to your income. And I truly believe that your income, meaning how you take care of your family. I mean, I don't know if you guys, you guys don't know this about me. I'm not wearing any jewelry or anything. I'm not a shoe bag jewelry kind of gal, right? For me, it's really about, I want to make sure my children never worry. I want to make sure um, that the, the services I provide for my kids, that the people that money is going to are great people, right? That to me is what an income looks like. And that's what money is for. Uh, and, and understanding that your currency in participating in this incredible worldwide exchange of money is your talents, your experience, and your expertise. And you would not have been given them in the way that you have if you weren't to provide for yourself and your family by using them. I hope I answered your question. That was a long answer to your short question. No, no. I'm just taking it all in. Um, 
I was reflecting on a thought that I had yesterday or this morning sometime maybe that um, is very relevant to our conversation around money. It was like, why, why do we get so hung up about something that actually is just paper? <laughs> and that's if we're exchanging cash, which most people aren't, right? But it's like, it's just paper. And, and now it's actually mostly digital. I'm not talking about cryptocurrency specifically, but even if you um, use your debit card, I, I hardly ever have cash. I use my debit card for everything. And my pay is electronically deposited. So it's all just digital transactions. And yet we get so emotionally dramatic about it. Isn't it interesting to think of it that way? Like, would you feel the same way about any other digital transaction? Do you feel the same way about the number of emails that someone sends you? Do you feel guilty about receiving those emails? Never, right? <laughs> Never. Yeah. But they're digital transactions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fascinating. I know it really is. Like There are three things that we do this with where we attach a value to something that's just there, money, food, and sex. Those are the things we do. We've attached these crazy moral, like, oh my God, I'm such a bad person. I have credit card debt. And it's like, what? You could be an incredible, extraordinary human being and have credit card debt. That has nothing to do with who you are on this planet or the value that you provide other people. But we've somehow moralized it. And I really want to support people in understanding the joy and the power um, and not power like force, but power as in like, oh my God, the world is open to me kind of power. Like, oh, I would really like to learn how to speak Portuguese. I would really love to learn how to do flower arrangements that you have that power to do so. And that is actually just this massive exchange of love and energy on the planet. And if you ever question that, you guys, or if you ever start freaking out and you think it's not scarce or you can't participate, it's my favorite thing to tell me, just go sit in a Starbucks. If you're listening in the United States, go sit in a Starbucks. <laughs> it's bananas how much money is circulating the planet. Recession, no, rec- I don't care. Yeah. People are yeah. paying $8, right? Yeah. This is the other thing I just want to talk about quickly, which is the perceived value of things, right? So people are paying $8. I'm one of them, by the way. I'm a Starbucks like idiot. There's no reason for me to pay this much money for coffee and I don't care. I love it, right? Like this is what I mean. Like money is just weird, right? We attach things. We don't attach things. Um, but the whole thing, what that I pay eight bucks for whatever I pay for it is like, I think it's 63 cents is what it actually costs. Right. Um, for the, for the supplies. Right. But they also give their employees health benefits and they hire a lot of people and there's a lot of single moms in there. Right. And so I'm more than happy to pay that money. But for me, it's also the experience. I love how it smells. I love those stupid green straws. I love the sleeve. I love the little green lady. Like I love the whole, right. So I'll happily pay for that. And that's what we need to understand is that we're the same thing. If we are creating an experience that is that joyful for people, even when it's tough, right? Even when we have to deliver news, it's a little tougher. Like, oh, you got to tweak that. Or if I can support you in the best way, you're going to have to start looking over here. Like sometimes that's tough, but if we can have people understand what they're actually receiving, Paying for that becomes a joy. Just like I happily throw down my debit card too. I'm like, give me the call. Let's go. I love it in here, right? I will happily do that. Disneyland's another one. I have a Disney issue. I'm like, I go there. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I love it so much. I don't even care. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's have fun. $89 churro? Sure. Right? Like just that joy that comes with that, right? 
that's what we want to actually provide for other people is that it's a joy, even when it's tough. And I know the content that you guys are dealing with isn't always easy, but if you're the person that's standing next to them while they're dealing with that, that can be worth everything, but Mm -hmm. you've got to see that you've got to get that. You need to understand that money will always flow to where the perceived value is highest. And we value our happiness. We value our peace. We value our joy. And if you're the person helping someone get that, you should be paid for that because it is a very important human experience for us to have. And if you're facilitating it, you should be getting paid very well to do that. That's a good thing. I always say good people will do more good with more money. Correct. And I I hope that that helps neutralize the charge around receiving more money and, you know, making it less wrong or less bad to, to earn more. And especially right now I have a course that I just opened. It's completely free. I just, I saw that I had it available to put out there. It was like actually already created. And I thought, why are we not sharing this with more people right now? Because they really need it. Um, it's just about increasing your fees for services and your practice and how to do it and how to work through it and how to talk to your clients and patients about it. And it's ultimately really simple. It's not, um, there are no secrets, (laughs) but there are lots and lots of, I guess you could say testimonials in, in this course of people who have done it Mm -hmm. and only wish that they had done it sooner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Only wish that they had done it sooner. So, um, I think, well, now that I'm talking about the free course, I'm like, how did I get here? I don't remember where I was going, (laughs) but essentially, you know, around not feeling bad about receiving more for the work that you do. Most health and wellness practitioners, and I'm going to challenge the people that I have worked with in the past, because you'll think like, well, my fees are higher than the average. And I would say to you, you're still actually undercharging for the value that you provide to people. Um, I'm also undercharging for the value that I provide to people. Right. And um, we could all literally be receiving more than what we are. I, I doubt that there's a single person listening to this podcast who that doesn't apply to. Um, so as we move forward into uncertain economic times, my hope is that this conversation helps people to feel um, more able to thrive through through the circumstances and less like they're just surviving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope so too. And I love what you said about good people and money. Um, Just one more thing. I hope this is helpful for you guys as well, but um, I I really consider money to be a magnifying glass. Mm -hmm. Like if you're amazing, more money allows you to be even more helpful and more amazing, right? Like there's so many great, great practitioners we know who have like free Wednesdays or whatever, because they can, because they've made so much money, you can help even more people. Right. And then if you're a jack wagon and you make a lot of money and we know some of those, you can be an even bigger jack wagon. Right. So it's really that magnifying glass, but the money didn't do anything. It's the person who's dealing with it that is doing things with it. Um, And realizing as well to that scarcity issue, you know, as we move into these uncertain times, right? Guys, please remember money does not disappear. You're going to hear stuff like the stock market lost. Like, guys, it just moved. 
It's yeah. not like, it's not like he went into the ether and disappeared. Like, no, 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 no. Somebody moved it, right? Somebody sold something and someone else bought it and the money moved. That's what happened. Um, and just understand, um, I do this exercise with people when we're in person, like in, in um, conferences and stuff is I'll pull out a hundred dollar bill and I'll hand it to the first person in the first row. And then they'll hand it to the person next to them, and the person next to them, the person next to them, the person next to them, and then they give it back to me. And I'm like, isn't this amazing? This actually didn't change at all. It's exactly the same. And it added to every single person it touched without losing any value. How amazing is that? And it's like, that's what happens when you're buying and selling. That's it. You're just moving it from this to this, to this, to this. And our job as people who have things to offer the world that we have these beautiful skills and talents and expertise and experience to offer people is to understand um, that it's our job sometimes, like you were saying, everybody's ever undercharging. It's our job to educate people on what's available to them by working with us. And that's all that sales is, is like, listen, no, you don't have to work with me. You absolutely don't. And here are the consequences of that both ways. What we can do is work on X, Y, Z. How this can go is that this pain stops or this thing starts to grow in a way that makes you feel better. And this thing starts to shrink in a way that makes you feel better, right? Like that we continue to understand that and understand that people's lives are at stake. And there's no shame or anything bad in talking about that honestly with people. And that people would much rather be spoken to with clarity and respect and like, actually you do not have to do this. And here's what can happen if you don't. And then understanding there's a value to that. And it's called someone else's life, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I think you guys are amazing, by the way. I just love it. It's just incredible work. So important. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for everything that you've shared. This has um, been a great conversation and again, super relevant, especially in our current um, conditions, the current time. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, where's the best place for them to go? You can head on over to sarahwalton.com. Um, oh, and you know what you can do there? Actually, you can go to sarahwalton.com slash freedom. And I have a free calculator there that will help you calculate how much you need to make on a monthly basis to feel free. Right. So the idea is that you feel free and happy. So you guys can go grab that. It's a calculator there. Um, and I love giving that gift away. And then you can also find us on pod on podcasts, right? I have a game on girlfriend podcast and also uh, YouTube. Yeah. Freedom is a, is a very important word for our, most people in our community because they own their own businesses because they want to have the freedom that can come along with that. Right. And then a lot of us start that venture and find out that it's a little more challenging than what we might have anticipated, but that it's all about, it's all about learning. And um, I look at entrepreneurship as the, the greatest personal development experience available to us on the planet. <laughs> um, perhaps even more so than parenthood. It is just like, Man, if you if you want to really optimize your potential as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to learn about yourself and heal things that are hard to look at and, and all of it, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So like, true. Well, thank you again so much. It's been really fun to connect with you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome. 
Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule? If that's you, be sure to take my free class. In it, you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less, live more, and help more people than ever before. You can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free.